Sanders Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has-Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials, Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151. Wiley, how are you doing, sir? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think better today. Better today. Better today. That's nice. It's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. At least one of us. Yeah, because <laughs> I uh, I put my sister-in-law in an Uber today after uh, being in town all week. Oh, God. So, which, uh, which makes things better. Oh, yeah. but it does. <laughs> yeah. Now, she, she, she's not bad. You know, she's a little over the top, but... Uh, you know, it's just, uh, God, man, with my, my wife, her sister, and her mother all in one house. Oh. Right. Yeah. That can get you. Right. Yeah. So just not a lot of space left in the house, nor a lot of oxygen left in the house. Oh, bad. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit freeing. But it, it was actually good this week because I was exceptionally busy uh, uh, at work. So. Oh, were yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, rolling out a whole bunch of new cybersecurity upgrades for several of my clients so yeah that's uh kept me uh, kept me out of the house for the most part so that was good has it been more of a challenge recently when it comes to the setting up of cybersecurity and stuff like are people trying to hack more into the, your clients uh not necessarily no but uh it's uh it's been easier to convince business owners to improve their defenses plus there's been some federal regulation changes as well uh so some of this is coming down from the fed um you know the ftc is requiring uh pretty much anybody that deals with financial information uh for their customers has to meet new much more stringent levels of cybersecurity. so uh, a lot of that has been the implementation of that sort of thing so it's it's actually great because this is all all the stuff that we're deploying is stuff that i would recommend to my clients anyway i got you but in a normal environment it's they're going to look at the cost on that and say well we're probably okay you know so now it's it's like well federal law says that you have to do it or you're going to get fined so it's a lot easier sell uh for all these you know security improvements yeah so. when the, when they have the the force of the force of government yeah yeah right <laughs> so <laughs> even though i don't think there should be any government and should be any requirements in this particular instance uh the federal government is actually making it easier to convince my clients to do the right thing so i got you, you know, the, the thing that's in their best interest i should say yeah yeah all right so, well ha, yeah you uh you put a couple things up here that are intriguing me uh that seem like uber stories you got some good uber stories for us yeah yeah i do actually so yeah. this was uh thursday i think it was thursday thursday night or wednesday night and but the title of it, the, the St. Pete hookup gone wrong. So I, I'm i down in downtown St. Pete, and I pick up these two girls. Right. That And it was downtown St. Pete, so I'm assuming that they were into each other okay. at the time. Because I didn't right. know at the time, but right. I, you know, I'm making an assumption. Right. And I picked the two girls up, and I'm only taking them from like a, a 
like one of the restaurants that's near near the uh, not it's downtown St. Pete, but it's called Beach Drive. Okay, right, yeah. And there's like nice restaurants there. Yeah, a bunch of nice condos and and restaurants and boutiques yeah, on the yeah, ground yeah. floor. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And take them down off of Central Ave, like the other side of downtown. Okay, like to one of the one of the gay bars. Right. You know, it's all brightly colored rainbows and stuff like that. And so we were driving over there, and the one that's like the blonde is kind of talking to me a lot. The other one isn't talking a whole lot, but the other one is doing most of the talking. She's from Chicago. She's just in town. She said she was actually looking for properties to buy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And But it was a nice conversation. She's a, She was a very nice person. Right. We hit it off instantly. And she did something at the end of the ride that I, I, you don't always... Like people ask all the time, hey, hey, if because we, you know, you're having a good ride with somebody, they're like, well, hey, if you can just pick me up later, you know, would right. you be able to do that? And I'm like, well, hey, here's my number. If you need to, you know, if you need a ride later on, let me right. know or whatever. Not think, and again, a lot of people ask, nobody ever calls back. Okay. So you know, it is what it is. It, whatever. So I give her the number with no expectation, and so I'm I'm still around St. Pete for a little bit, but then I drive, and then I end up because it was a slow night. It was a Wednesday. It was Wednesday. That's how I remember because it was a slow night. And I drive back up to the airport, try to get a ride out of the airport. And I'm getting a ride to downtown St. Pete at the same time that I get this ride to from the airport to downtown to, to St. Pete. She calls. She messages me. She's okay. like, hey, can you pick me up? All right. Yeah, sure. I can do that. I'm like, it's going to take like a half hour. She's like, no big deal. No, you know, no worries or whatever. Right. So I end up picking the guy up, dropping this guy off, and then going down and getting her. Come to find out what happened was, and look, she was... She was she from Chicago down here by herself. Right. Did not, I guess, met this girl. And and again, I didn't ask where online she met the girl, but she said she met the girl online. Mm-hmm. I think she was down here and she had her stuff at the girl's house. Okay. And, but she, I'm picking her up by herself, not with the girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what happened? She's all flustered at this point though. I guess it went super South right. with the person at the restaurant. Or at the at the bar along and she was there with another girl and I guess there was another girl that was there as well and I guess they got into it like pretty badly or whatever yeah and ends up in a fight I guess like a physical altercation oh wow and so she's like look I need to I need a place to stay you know would you recommend a hotel and I'm like look you got two choices I'm like well not two choices but I'm like well I know of one I always pick people up at the Hyatt house off of uh, right. over by Central right yeah. I'm like well we yeah. can go there. And then I remember a Comfort Inn that's off of the interstate, a, a couple exits up. Okay. It seems like a nice, clean place, but it's less expensive, obviously, than the right. house. Yeah. But she's on the phone. She's, and when she gets in the car, she's on the phone with her mother at the same time. Yeah. And so she's and the mother on the, you can hear the mother background going, pick the Hyatt house, pick the Hyatt house. I'm like, right. all right, pick the Hyatt house. Yeah, that's now, right downtown. But that's like 300 a night. But she, it's not. No, it's not that bad. I actually, uh, uh, that's where Dawn and I stay when we want to do a night partying in St. Pete. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you can usually get them for uh, two hundred or under. I think she paid three. Oh, I think yeah. she ended up paying three hundred. Yeah, but she's last like, minute. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what it was. So, you know, I'm driving her down there, and she's like, "Well, I'll take care of you." You know, in doing, you know, in doing this, she's like, "I'll take care of you," and I'm like, "All right, cool." I'm like, "How much you want to give me?" And she's like, 50 bucks." Like, "Hell yeah, fifty right. bucks! Yeah, yeah. I'll do it all day long, fifty bucks." <laughs> But she seemed very distraught. Yeah. And she doesn't have any of her stuff. She's literally just wearing what she's wearing. That's all she has. Right. And she can't go back over to that person's house, I guess. Right. Because I guess I guess it, it went, blew up that bad. Yeah, it blew yeah. up real bad. And so I drop her off. You know, I wait there a couple minutes to make sure she can get the room. And then, you know, then I leave at that point. But maybe 15 minutes later, she actually calls me back. Right. And she's like, can you come back and hang out? Oh, wow. And so, look, when, when a, if a woman asks you this. Right. There's two options. Either yeah. one, she wants to fuck. Right. 
or two, she, she really needs to talk. Yeah, or, or two, and and when I listened to her on the phone, yeah, it seemed like the second thing. Yeah. Also, because, and she's a lesbian. I assume. Yeah, she could be bi, but you know, she could be. But I, chances I, are, it's it's pretty safe. She's not going to come on to you. So it's pretty dead. It's a Wednesday night, and she's younger. Like she's in her twenties. Okay. And I'm in my you know upper forties. Right. I don't think she wants to hit it. You know. Eh, you Which, never can tell. Well, yeah, you're right. You never yeah. can tell. So I was a little concerned, but then at the same time, she gives me the room number. I drive down. I go up and talk to her, and I stay there for like 15 minutes. But the first thing she says to me in there is, "We get." She gets in, and she's like, "You know, some of these people just aren't awake." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, well, what do you mean?" Right. Well, she's like, "Do you know what MK Ultra is?" Oh my God! Did you run? <laughs> no, I didn't run. What I said, what I when she said that, what I said was. Well, that's the same thing that uh, the Unabomber had, right? Well, you, the same program that the Unabomber was involved with, right? Right. As, a, as an easy kind of... Right, yeah. You know? And she's like, yeah. And so we, we talked you, for a little... You didn't go, listen, lady, I can take you so far down this rabbit hole that you may never come out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't go down that you road. You didn't do that, huh? I didn't try to go down that road with her. Yeah, I, I would have run. Yeah. But... <laughs> so like, oh, it was a mistake I up sat here. and talked to her for a little while. It was... An, and again, she felt, like, she felt like she was in a prison in this room. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, it's a pretty nice fucking prison that you're in, you right. know, to be honest with you, because, you know, the Hyatt House is a nice hotel. Yeah. And so I sat and talked to her for a little while. She didn't make any moves or anything like that. Right. Um, but we talked for a little while, and, and then I was after a little while, I'm like, look, I got to go, man. I got, you know, I got I still got to go out and make money and this and that. And so she's like, all right, no big deal. And um, that was about it. But it, it, during that time frame, though, the woman that she was on a date with called. Mm. They first wanted to make sure each other was safe, which right. I guess it was nice of them. Yeah. But then... This woman that I was in there with was like, yeah, I don't ever want to see you again or anything like that. And the other woman on the other end is like, well, you're the you were the problem. You're the one that started the fight. You right. know what I mean? And she's like, I didn't start the fight. And then they're kind of going back and forth. I'm like, look, you just hang up the phone, man. Just yeah, just it's not going to be any better. And she said she was actually going to have some some guy that she knew was going to come over to pick Drop her up her the next day. Oh, really? Was going to go pick her up the next day and then take her down to like the keys or whatever. But I guess that all ended up not working out because she messaged me in the morning. She actually just took a plane ride back to Chicago. Yeah. So, but it, I was a little nerved. I was a little nerved out of like, you know, hey, why don't you come up and talk to me for a little while? But something in my mind made me think like, if you're a woman all by yourself alone right. in a town you don't know, right? Like maybe I should just be a nice person and. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I think you probably did the right thing. Now, hang on, let me, let me ask you this question: Did you immediately uh, uh, tell uh, your wives about the situation? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, because if not, you're putting it all out there. Because I, I gotta say, if I were in that exact same situation, I would have been in a lot of trouble. No, no, no. I explained the whole. I explained yeah. the whole story the next yeah. day and stuff like that. Because it was well, I wouldn't have been story. in a lot of trouble, but I would have been in a little trouble. You know. Yeah. I would have gotten some shit for that. Yeah, going up to a, a 20-year-old something's, uh, you know, hotel room on uh, <laughs> after she'd been drinking on a, on a you know, partying at, uh, yeah, right. Look, if she sounded like she wanted to, to if she sounded right. like she had another motive, right. then I probably wouldn't have done it. Right. But it just didn't, when I talked to her on the phone, it didn't seem like. It, like yeah, it, it sounded like, you, it since like you knew the whole situation, and yeah, she else. was, you know, lonely in a strange town by herself. And yeah, so it's it's understandable. Like, I think she needed somebody to talk to, basically. But that's also the exact type of situation. That could turn bad. That could turn into, you know, an attempted hookup. Well, so. yeah, no, and if, look, I, 
because it's real easy to shift those emotions sexually. Well, you know? yeah, no, and look, let me put and let me say it like this: Look, I think if I would have made a move, right, then maybe it would have been different, right. But I didn't, right. You know, yeah. And and to be honest with you, part of me was almost like trying to test it. Like, can you go up to a room, a woman's room, and not do anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. See, see. And I walked out actually going like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, Look at that. Good for me. Yeah, yeah good I, for me. I actually have chivalry because she was actually. I mean, I mean, she was an attra- she look. She was an attractive woman. Yeah, like she yeah. definitely was attractive. Yeah. So, but but yeah, probably uh, probably not playing for the you know the the right team though. I I di- I, di- I didn't think so. Yeah. Like I didn't think so. Like it, it's again, she was kind of like she, I don't think she wanted to just outright say like some people when you pick them up will outright say what the fuck's going on, and then some people won't. Right. And she seemed like she was trying to hide the fact of why she was. With this woman. Oh, well, probably a switch hitter then. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But but at the same time, wasn't trying to hide it really, though. I don't know. Yeah. And again, didn't make a move. So. Right. Whatever. So. Uh, the, that was one of the two stories. Yeah. It looks like there's a second one here. Yeah. The second one is the is the first date in the life. Look, there's a lot of women I end up picking up, taking home. Right. That are coming off of a date. Right. And it's always interesting to. Get the the play by play. The play by play. But also like the lying that goes on. Right. So, I pick up this girl, this woman, from downtown St. Pete, and I'm taking her maybe six or seven miles, maybe about six miles or something like that. Right. She just had a date with a guy, was the first date, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And, but she's not, she wasn't with, the date happened a little bit earlier in the evening, and then there was the middle time between the end of the date and her actually going home, where she went to a bar and was hanging out at a bar. But she didn't tell the guy that, though. She told that she ended the date, basically. Like, she, they had a date. It was nice. He was an okay dude. I guess he wasn't that tall, and she likes him a little bit taller. Oh, God, that is, you know, I, I got to say, it, that is like such a deal killer now for for women all of a sudden oh the height thing yeah oh it's a big thing yeah and it's it's, no it's a huge thing it's funny because it's like uh, a lot of women won't even talk to a guy unless they're you know over six feet and it's like well that's like you know only 20 percent of the male population yeah you know I'm 5'11". I've never felt short, but, you know, it's like I, I, I couldn't be on the dating scene these days because I don't meet the minimum height requirement, you know? They, like they like – it seems like they like – even if they're like 5'3", they like 6'4". Yeah, yeah. What well, and I, and, and I asked her about that, and she was like, look, I like to feel safe when I'm out with somebody. And that was the you thought know, process I was that you got to be over 6 feet tall I do to be, not understand how women think. You know, I thought the whole thing was equality and and don't be macho and, you know, I can provide for myself. And it's but in reality, it seems like every woman wants a a big guy that's going to protect her and provide for. Yeah. You know, it's like I think another look, she didn't and she she was going to say this and she stopped herself, but I could kind of get the idea of it. She also likes a guy that can throw her around in the bedroom, I think. Oh, right. Like, I think that was part of it. Yeah. You know, and she was look, here's the thing. She was a again. She was an attractive girl. Yeah. She was a little bit bigger. Right. And she was like five. I think she was like five. I think she said she was five, four and could be five, six and five, seven in heels. Okay. Well, if you're five, four, pretty much any average guy can throw you around in the bedroom. <laughs> well, I think she, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it was just funny that she lied to the dude to be like, look, I'm going to go home early and this, right. and this and blah, blah, blah. And then she ended up going to the bar and hanging out. With yeah. Poor dude. So, and then I, and then, you know, brought her home at that point. Again, super nice chick. It was really nice. But like at the same time, it was just one of those, it was a very, you know, it was very weird in that aspect of like, you know, 
Yeah, you know, I, and again, and, and like all men, um, you know, just the the whole female psyche just completely evades me because it, it's like you want to talk about lying. I think most women are actually lying to themselves about you know so many things. You know what I'm saying? It's just I don't know. I I find it fascinating that you know. Yeah, but this is where actually social media has destroyed. I think a, a lot, lot of, of this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this is not a subject that we talk about a lot, even though I see a lot of it, like you know, in different videos and stuff like that. But right. Like expectation versus reality has killed the dating scene. Oh yeah. It's why like there's a there's a stat out right now that I've seen like such a large percentage of the women in the world or in America, like when you hit 40, so much a larger percentage of them are not married, they're living alone, right? and this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And part of that does have to do with like a, a completely different um, expectation. Well, I think part of it is, um, you know, uh, probably a good percentage of those women want to live alone. They want to be independent. Uh, you know, so they want that lifestyle, but I think uh, a significant number are just they really set their expectations too high. And I think the other thing is, is that you know, women spent uh, a couple of generations telling men that hey, we want you to be sensitive and we want you to be caring and we want you to get in touch with your feelings and all that. And uh, basically, a lot of men got to that point. And now it's like, oh, no, we, we want a, a big, strong man to protect us and provide for us. It's like, well, pick one or the other. And you can understand why a lot of guys are just, like, swearing off women altogether, you know? Yeah, except it's like, for hookups. Yeah, give, give me Pornhub and a flashlight, and, and I, I don't need a woman, you know? And that's kind of the <laughs> mentality that a lot of, of guys have now. You know, this, this whole thing, I, I think... Yeah, it's crazy because I recently saw a stat that it's now somewhere around 30% of men are still virgins in their early 20s. Yeah. You know, it's like that seems to me like just an insane number, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a very strange dynamic. It's like I don't understand why we just all can't be honest with what we want, you know? I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm in a, you know, I've been married for 30 years and my my woman is old school. So, you know, she likes to tell me how I'm not sensitive enough and, you know, I'm, I'm too, you know, chauvinistic and all that. But I think in reality, that's what she wants because she sticks around. She keeps renewing our uh, our uh, uh, one year marriage contract on our anniversary every year. So <laughs> <laughs> but she only gives me another year each time. Yeah. So tries to keep me on my toes. But, you know, it kind of goes into like this first article I put up here. That, I don't know, it just, it results in so many weird things, okay? Um, And again, it it has to do with us not being honest about ourselves. Uh, This past week, um, Miss Netherlands 2023, uh, Ricky Valerie Cole, became the first transgender woman to win a, um, you know, Miss Country title. And she's yeah. going to compete. Yeah, she's going to represent her, her nation for Miss Universe. Miss Universe. There she is. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, I mean, look, as far as a transgender woman goes, she's not bad. But she is essentially 
uh, you know, she's transgender. It's like, and and I, I feel I'm looking at the other woman women on the stage and clapping for her and all that, and you know, they're all thinking, motherfucker. I can't believe I can't only believe that I lost a woman's pageant to a man. I can't believe that the social new social norms mean I have to be here and look happy and say, oh, she's so brave. You know what I'm saying? Because she clearly didn't deserve to win. Now, could you say she was attractive enough to perhaps compete? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't personally think so, but, you know, it, it's just we keep lying to ourselves about all these things. And if you take that opinion, it's like, you know, uh, women, when are you going to get tired of men beating you at literally everything, inclu- including beauty contests? You know, <laughs> when are you going to say enough's enough? You know, when are you going to start saying how you really feel? Because that's one of the real biggest problems we have today is people are just too afraid to say what they really think, you know, and usually what people really think is pretty rational and reasonable and fair and equitable. You know, I mean, it's I don't know. It it just these sort of things make zero sense to me. I mean, here's the thing about it is that, look, if you are a person and you believe inside that you're different than what your biological makeup is, right? and you want to change yourself in order to feel more like the, the gender that you belong to, right? look, I don't know enough to know either way, whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, right? but I will say when you get to become an adult, then you should be allowed to be able to do it if that's what you want to do. I don't think there should be a law against it per se. Right. Where, where you run into an issue no, is... No, no, and, and, and again, it, not only should there not be a law against it, it should be something that people uh, should, you know, say, yeah, that's great that you're doing that. I, I support you in doing that. Where it crosses the reality line is when you are a man that transitions to a woman and you are a, you know, a relatively attractive woman and, you know, yeah, you're big and you got an Adam's apple and you got broad shoulders and all that. But when it goes to your now you're competing for Miss Universe or, you know, now you're competing for the gold medal in swimming, you know, I no, no, there has to be just a reality there, you know, and it's like you can't have that. Uh, you can't just have a rational take on it. You know what I'm saying? You can't have a that moderate rational take because it's it's either 100 percent, you know, got to say anything that person does is perfect and right and and yes you know that they deserve it or you're a complete transphobe you know and and it's kind of like the same with women it's like yes you you have to be you know six foot three and protect me and make a ton of money but you know also uh don't be a a a misogynist for thinking that uh you know you're going to be the breadwinner and the protector and all that because i don't need you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it, you look, can't a, have it both ways. Yeah, we're in a we're, we are definitely in a weird yeah in a weird time right now, and I don't know of any I, I don't know what the solution is to any of it. it, it look, it goes along the same with the, the the it goes along the same with the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Was, okay, have you heard of the movie The Sound of Freedom yet? It, it just uh, it, tacitly, I don't really know much about it. Okay, so this movie is it's called The Sound of Freedom, and what it's about is this is a, a film. 
So the guy that did like the guy that was like Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing his picture now. I know I know who you're talking about. You, you see who I'm talking about? Yeah. And like this guy does a movie about a real person. So this is actually a Jim real Caviezel. Well, yeah, but that's I, I, not, I never know how to pronounce his name. So, yeah. but he he does a movie about this guy by the name of Tim Ballard. Okay. And Tim Ballard is the head of an anti-sex trafficking nonprofit called Operation Underground Railroad who goes around and tries to save kids that are involved in the sex trade. Sounds noble. It is noble. Yeah. This movie is about that. Okay. So why all the controversy? I know it's very controversial for some reason. <sighs> the reason that they give that it's... Con- like, if you read the articles and the reason that they give it's controversial, and this is the why I brought it up. So... Th- Rolling Stone writes, Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking designed to appeal to the conscience of the conspiracy-addled boomer. Again, this is based... Again, look, it's based on... It's not... Like any movie, there's exaggerations that happen with any sure. movie. Yeah, but exactly. that goes along the line with any movie, though. Oh yeah, any any based on a true story gets you know amplified and, and yeah, which is ba- it's Hollywood based on puts a, its spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but when th- when these guys do it about child sex trafficking, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a problem. Like this wasn't done by any of the major movie. But, but I think part of it is it wasn't done by any of the major Hollywood studios. It was done partially with crowdfunding. This guy that's involved with it because of where he's at, you know, he doesn't get the kind of. Um, well, they hate him because he's Christian. But yeah, overtly I mean, Christian. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's part of it. You know, but then they come out and they come out so adamantly against this. Now, on July Fourth, this movie ended up doing better in the theaters than. Um, Indiana Jones. It was basically a, the, the other big movie at the time was Indiana right. Jones. And yeah. it was up against. Oh God! I saw the trailer for Indiana Jones and, and thought, you know, Harrison Ford looked like he ought to be in a wheelchair. Well, because the guy's eighty I mean, years come old. Come on, just stop. Look, just I stop. love Indy. I look. I thought the Indiana Jones franchise oh, yeah. was a great thing. I thought the last one went a little bit crazy, but like the first three, I thought were good. The fourth one kind of went a little crazy, and then I didn't see the last one. I haven't seen this recent one yet. I, I don't think I've seen anything beyond three, but still, you know. But. Th- the thing about it is this, though. This movie, why would you attack it? Right, right. Why would you well, go after it in a way, like, are you saying that child sex trafficking isn't something, like, this guy is, it's based on a true story, so you know it's going on. Right. You know, like, and if you listen to some of the interviews, it's almost worse than what they're thinking it is. It's the exact same thing we were just talking about. There is no rational middle ground in this country anymore. It's one extreme or the other. It's like we were talking about you can't have a rational position on transgender. It's either that, uh, you know, you got to take the Ron DeSantis approach, you know, and essentially ban drag shows, you know, and burn books. Or you have to say, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is a stunning and uh, brave woman. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no in-between. And this falls into the exact same category uh, because right now, look, evangelical Christians and the whole MAGA movement are just, you know, uh, I, I got no love for them. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. However, um, what's happening is, of course, since there's a certain segment of Christians that are being complete assholes, okay, the opposite side has to say, well, anything having to do with Christianity whatsoever is 100% evil. 
Okay, so you've got this guy that's done a couple of Christian movies, and even though this one isn't, and it's about you know some noble cause, I'm sure there's some Christian undertones. You know, I'm sure there's something in there which, well, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, or it's the Christian thing. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating on that. So just the fact that there's like some some minuscule Christian uh, connection to it. From the left's perspective at this point, it has to be 100% evil, bad, QAnon, MAGA, you know, um, abortion banning, evangelicals. You, you see what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> – we talk about this so often. It's like there's no – rational discourse in the middle it's either you're on one extreme or the other and if you're on one side of those you have to hate the other side you can't you can't tolerate the other side you can't try to empathize with the other side you can't try to see it somewhat from the other side's point of view you have to destroy it and that's and again that's why we end up with you know the left saying that you know a movie about uh, someone trying to stop child sef- sex trafficking is uh, you know a movie for dads with brain worms and and all about QAnon you know and it's the same reason that if you don't cheer for the transgender miss universe you know you're a horrible person that wants to uh, you know uh, kill trans people no, there can be a rational middle ground on all these things, and nobody wants to be there. You know, again, talking well, about on, dating, if, it's the same thing, thing. And if you're not there, then the other, then nobody likes you. Exactly. Oh yeah, we're hated by the right. We're hated by the left because we're just, you know, kind of the same person could say that you are pro kitty porn, right? And the other one could say that you're transphobic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like both sides can hate by being in the middle. You're getting run over by both sides. And, and I, I've been accused of both. <laughs> yeah, so I've been accused from both sides of the opposite thing, and it's like, yeah, there's just no middle ground anymore in anything, in any topic, in any type of human interaction. It's just the the middle ground is gone. Well, hold on, and I want to read this from the Rolling Stone because this actually uh, like. This 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 is one of these like this this paragraph kind of highlights it as well. There are visible suffering all around us in America. There are poor and unhoused and people brutalized or killed by police. There are mass shootings, lack of health care, climate disasters. And yet over and over, the far right turns to these sordid fantasies about godless monsters hurting children. Now, as in the 1980s, satanic panic, they won't even face the fact that most kids who suffer sexual abuse are harmed not by a shadowy cabal of strangers, but at the hands of a family member to know thousands of or adults, a priest. Well, they didn't write that part. <laughs> right. To know thousands of adults will absorb the sound of freedom, this vigilante fever dream and come away thinking themselves better informed on a hidden civilization crisis. Well, it's profoundly depressing. We're still the one to spread the word. Uh, look like you are so distracting right. in this. Well, you're like, well, there's it happens a lot and i would say this happens it happens on both sides so i don't want to just say one side oh, no, or the other absolutely yeah. but when somebody's highlighting a problem instead of acknowledging that this problem does exist right. you're like well there's other problems too well right but like yeah but we're not talking about those other ones right now yeah. we're talking about this one there can be more than one problem yeah there can be and to say that <laughs> yeah. look to say that people like kids get uh, abused by family members that's true totally thing that happens yeah. you know what i'm right. saying but that's not what this movie's about no this is one story about you know, a, a true a, 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 a true, true story. story. It's about based a, on a true story about a, a group of people who are trying to solve one problem of 
kids in horrible, abusive, you know, human sex trafficking situations. It's a good, noble story. And for you to, here's the thing, and for you to go after it almost gives the other side credibility. Right. I know. It's like, well, why are you going after it? Yeah. Like, why are you so mad? Right. Yeah. You know, like it's. They're so mad because this is something that the Christian right and the MAGA crowd is going to like. That's why they have to destroy it. That's all. (laughs) I mean, it's as simple. Don't try to read too much into it. That's all it is. Yeah. Because his arguments are completely irrational. You know, well, there's hunger in America, so we shouldn't have a movie about someone trying to stop child sex trafficking. How dare they? What the fuck? You know, I I mean, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's there's kids being abused in their own family. Well, yeah. Go make a movie about that. That's something that should be, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's have that discussion, too. But it doesn't negate this. And again, it's just because they hate the people behind it. Yeah. And that's really all it is. And when you hate the person behind it, everything that person does is wrong. You no longer look at them as as someone who could have any possible, rational, reasonable, empathetic position on anything. Yeah. Yeah, It just makes you look like, again, when I saw, like, look, I would see, like, advertisements online for this movie and stuff like that. And I would just, you know, you saw a lot of it, a lot of advertising for it. I didn't see much. I, I, I must not travel in those well, circles. You just don't, yeah. You're not looking at social media anymore. Very rarely, yeah. yeah. And certainly I, I don't see any ads because I got all the ad blockers and yeah. everything like that. So like, I saw ads for this movie all the time, but I didn't really think anything of it because I, I wasn't going to – look, I'm not, I don't go to mo- – I barely, rarely go to movies anymore, if, if at all. And you see a lot of people talking about this and bringing it up and stuff, and it was like, all right, cool. You know, What's the movie about? I didn't even know what the movie was about. And then I started looking into what the movie was about. But then I started seeing all the attacks of it, and I'm like, what the, why are you attacking a movie that's talking about child sex trafficking? Right. Like, yeah. how is this a bad thing to do this? And then they come, they come up with, like, to read some of the critiques on it, it was like. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. I, I, I don't understand how we got. Well, I do kind of understand how we got there. We got there by no, spending. I think you explained it very well. Well, and, well, how we got there, though, I think is because uh, we've spent the last uh, decade or two in nothing but echo chambers. So, you know, when you're only getting your own beliefs reinforced and not actually communicating with people who have different beliefs than you, you're going to think that you, you are going to get into this self-righteous cycle of you know thinking you're more and more right all the time until you get to the point where you think that you have absolutely the moral high ground and everybody else can see except for this one group of people that but they're evil anyway so we don't care about them yeah you know and so you you, and it is it's all that it's that positive feedback loop of the echo chamber of social media because you know if if that's all you're surrounding and that's what the algorithms point you to is people who have the same views than you you think that you are in the vast majority and these people are just a, a tiny minority we can exploit and that's not the reality of the situation no yeah. and you got people on both sides that are all just grifters on this oh stuff, yeah though yeah you know and it's it, but at the same time well the like, politicians and the corporations have, have learned to exploit it yeah. Well, no, that's exactly what they have done is that they've yeah. they've and they're only pushing people more and more into these into these echo chambers. Right. Like they think that they're not. Right. But they are. <laughs> they totally are, though. Yeah. And part of me feels like they're doing it on purpose, though. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's not done by design. If if I could give our listeners 
a piece of advice if they feel themselves starting to get stuck in this trap is to make sure to go out and find on social media for example if you're spending a lot of time on social media whatever you know whatever um whatever media it is go out there and find a bunch of pages or people or groups or whatever that you disagree with 100 percent. okay that you think are just absolutely wrong even if you think they're just horrible okay and subscribe to them okay and just you know read don't engage don't fight don't troll read what they have to say see where they're coming from okay and see if you can honestly get to a point where you can say all right well that's stupid Ugh, i hate that but you know that that kind of makes sense you know see if you can go onto some of those things that you believe you've de- vehemently disagree with and those people are evil and see if you can find a little common ground here and there because at least if you do that it becomes much harder to just blanket demonize a group for something you know and it makes you more likely to at least give them a little more benefit of the doubt you know and and i think that's important because we've so lost that and we've so lost that is because everybody's in their own little echo chamber just getting positive feedback and you know getting those likes and those thumbs up because you know you're only hanging out with people that agree with you but that turns you into someone that can't see any other points of view yeah, and it, it, the other thing is the dehumanizing nature of all of it. Yeah, it is very dehumanizing. Because both sides are doing that. but And that's the thing. Both sides are doing that, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. again, it's just it's just one of these things where... And, and that's get, even now it's translating so, it's so to person. frustrating. Oh, it is. It is. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people meet someone now, and as soon as they get some type of indication that this person that you're just meeting or talking to belongs to some group or another that you disagree with it almost instantly becomes hostile the relationship is like you know it's like there's no prayer of me getting along with this person yeah you know and that's like the the instant shutdown the instant wall you know and i think that leads to so many of our problems and our inability to really communicate honestly with one another well and it also enhances the ability of other people that would use it Right. For themselves to be able to enhance that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. Hey, look, I, look, I can remember it, it, it goes along. I mean, again, I, I do my best to not try to bring this motherfucker up, but sometimes you just have to do it. I remember like in 08 and 12 when we, when I, at least I was a big supporter of Ron Paul. Right. But at the same time, I didn't think I was blind to the fact that he didn't have certain problems. Right. Because he did. Yeah. And I could acknowledge those problems. You know, when it came to certain, you know, like like putting pork in in bills, like he would put in he would put in earmarks for bills for his area right. and vote no on the legislation. Now, was he a hypocrite for putting pork in those bills? Mm, I don't know. I didn't think so, but at the same time, I can understand why somebody could make the case for that. But he always voted no on the bill, so but he always knew it was going to pass. Right. So you could sit, make an. No, arc- I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah, that's kind of how I live my life now. You know. I hate government, hate everything to do with it, but if it's going to happen anyway, I'm going to get my cut. Yeah. You know? And so before, I think I had less of an understanding of what the way he was going about it, and now I have a more of an understanding of the way he went about it. Right. But at the same time, if guy would make a mistake, that I would be able to admit that. Right. That seems to be completely lost now 
on both sides of it. Right. Like, again, Biden can do no wrong or Biden's perfect. Same thing goes with Trump. Trump can do no wrong or Trump is perfect or whatever. And it's like Mm. none of that is true. Well, I like all of them. They they both suck. I would say that's more true for Trump supporters in general than it is for Biden supporters, because I see a lot of Biden supporters are like, oh. Yeah, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> like every time that guy opens his mouth, I'm, I cringe. <laughs> like what hor- what horrible thing is he going to say? Yeah, you know. But a lot. But here's the thing, though. A lot of things would be like with the grandkid thing. I don't know if you know this or not. So Hunter had a kid, like from like a a, a person that was working for him or whatever. She was an ex stripper or something, and then had the kid and was right. like child support. But Biden won't. Acknowledge, acknowledge that this is one of their kids. Right. And for the media to give him a pass on this. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Just seems yeah, like, course. why would you give him a pass on this? Like, this is not good. Right. You know, like, it's not a good thing that he's doing this. Like, yeah, like for example, we all know whose cocaine it was. We all know whose cocaine it was. <laughs> well, now you know? that they've said we've completed the investigation, we can't find whose it is. Right? Really? Yeah. And you know, again, you're only giving the other side more more ammo. You know how many people the Secret Service interviewed? I don't know. Probably none. None. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, this one is definitely being swept under the rug. I mean, of course it is. You know what? Well, now it's come out. They found pot a couple times in the White House right. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, whatever. I, look, the only thing I find interesting is this in this story is the fact that, you know, the media is not. <laughs> is not actually tr- fingering Hunter Biden for this, or not even bringing it up. Not at all. And that the Secret Service, like, other than to say he wasn't there, completely dropped the investigation. Yeah. No, yeah. they said we've included it. We couldn't find out whose <laughs> right. it was. Yeah. Hold on. Are you telling are you me that the me? most secure building in the country <laughs> right. that people are allowed to be in, where there, right. I'm sure there's cameras everywhere, you can't find the camera that put this with, with in a spot that you investigative resources of the entire United States Department of Justice. Yeah. And you secret, can't figure this out. A place that's covered by the Secret Service. <laughs> right. And we don't know whose fucking cover right. it is. Yeah. You have literally you can monitor, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have just insane levels of monitoring inside that building. You like, think? You know, everything's got to be completely controlled, you know. So, yeah, they, they know exactly whose it is and they ain't saying yeah, like just like are you are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. So right, well, I'm gonna hold on. I am gonna move this one up though a little bit. Hold on. Let me All right, just, where let you me, going? Let me go before we go there. We will move up to the 2024 presidential oh, primary. God. All right, go ahead and speaking that we already did this. So uh, now a couple weeks ago, I talked about the the door knocker strategy for DeSantis, and there's an article that came up with it that is kind of shitting all over it. And I guess for good reason, I suppose. Oh, it's a Washington Post article, so I can't even pick it up right there. Oh, here. Shit. I'll do it. But at any rate, so they talk about this, because I did read this about, I did read this thing, and they're hiring a bunch of people that are not necessarily, um, like, they're not necessarily DeSantis supporters. Right. They're just people that they're hiring to go door to door about, sure. you know, yeah. for DeSantis. Yeah. And in the article, and again, it's just... An adamant Trump supporter who got the message is now writing something bad about this person. Like, okay, of course they're going to do that. They're like, right. well, they needed to. You need to have more local people instead of hiring people from out of the out of the state. Like, this isn't how any of this works. Like, if he's hiring a bunch of people, 
He's hiring a bunch of people from wherever they're, you know, wherever they can get them from, they get them from. And sometimes do they hire some bad people? Sure, they do. It was just like in reading the article, it was like such a, it, it was crapping on the strategy, but at the same time does accurately show the pitfalls of said strategy. Right. But again, if there's a whole bunch of people that are Trump supporters and they're going door to door to those people, then those people are going to have good things to say about no, of it. Of course not. Yeah. It was just funny to, to look at it. But at the same time, you know, like, look, DeSantis, since he's announced, has done horribly comparative to where they thought he was going to be at. Oh, yeah. He keeps stepping in it, man. I, the, the guy's an idiot. Oh, you I know? didn't. I, I mean, did not realize how bad it was going to be. I that's what I predicted, man. I told you he's going to step in it so bad that he, ha, he he'll he'll be out. You know, probably uh, by Iowa. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think Iowa's going to be the big test. Yeah. And yeah. then so now Pence's uh, fundraising came in, and so in the in the lat- latest reporting period, and this doesn't do well for your Pence Obama thing, right? Pence only raised one point two million. Yeah. That's really bad. The DeSantis money is going to shift to him. Maybe. And so is a good chunk of the Trump money as soon as Trump goes to prison. It's possible. It's just it's, <laughs> it's just they're not going to have anyone left. I mean, who else is in there that can actually win a general election? I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. There's nobody else in there that like can Tim win a general election. Like Tim Scott, I wouldn't put that way. Nikki Haley, I wouldn't no. put that way. Chris Christie, I definitely wouldn't no, put that no way. No way in hell, Chris Christie. Yeah. You know, and he's the only one that can win a general. And once the the big money realizes that Trump's out, DeSantis is out, that's the only place they have left to go. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's he's the only one with any real experience. And he is definitely someone that can pull independence. Yeah. You know, surprisingly he, enough, he's moderate. He's relative in today's world. He's a moderate. Yeah, which you is know? crazy, by right. the way. Yeah. Now, Biden in that same quarter raised $72 million. He doubled what Trump's haul was. So Biden's now raising more money than Trump's raising. Yeah. Which, again, this guy's almost fucking dead. Yeah. And he raised $72 mil. Well, that's just because, you know, anyone but Trump or anyone but a Republican. Yeah. You know? And that all that money's going to Michelle Obama anyway. So it's not going to matter in the long run. Because he doesn't need to campaign at this point. No. Yeah. I I mean, there's just no need to it. He's got no primary. Uh, Newsom. I mean, he has a hold on. He has a primary. No, he doesn't really have a primary. Newsom is not going to primary him. Newsom's going to hang around for the appointment. He's still got RFK and Marianne Williamson. Okay. It's not real. You know, what's he got? 70% right now? Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. He's he's got no real. He's got no real primary competition. Yeah. What he does have. And their party is making sure of that. He's got people waiting in the wings for when he says, I'm not going to run. And the reason that, you know, RFK, the reason that there's people in the primary now is they're hoping that happens before the primary is concluded, before the general election is decided, you know. Um, Whereas, you know, I think the strategy is for Biden to hang on until then. So until after the the primary is finished and then the, the once he bails out, the Democrats can just appoint someone. So, hey, did you see this story? Um. Oh, hang on. Let's do this one first. Uh, <laughs> did you actually watch this uh, video from DC? This one right here. Uh, All right, I'm playing it now. What we're watching is there's somebody filming in a restaurant, and sitting in the corner of this restaurant in DC, okay, uh, just a couple of blocks from the White House, is a guy in a blue suit, uh, an elderly man that looks just like Joe Biden wearing aviators and a baseball cap 
and a blue suit, open collar, uh, light blue shirt, sitting there having a Bud Light in a restaurant. And people are looking at him going, uh, I'm pretty sure that's Joe Biden. So people started filming him. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to play the video, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Joe Biden spot. Is that Joe Biden right there? Hiding out it by does himself. look like him. Walked over here to this And, saloon, you know, people are looking by, walking by and, like, staring at him. And, and, you know. Got away from the Secret Service. <laughs> wearing sunglasses and a old, old Boston Red Sox. Uh, cat, and he's drinking uh, a beer out of a Bud Light glass. Yeah, and now he's looking at the camera. Know. You know, looking it's at the cameraman here. Really <laughs> he's looking at me hard. Yeah, I, <laughs> that is. It, it's one of three things. Okay, uh, it's a Joe Biden silver alert, and he he got out and got lost. Yeah, <laughs> or. It's an actual Joe Biden body double, but I would think that if if they had a, a body double that good, they probably wouldn't let him go out in public dressed like Joe Biden. You know what I'm saying? If he's yeah. going out in public, he would probably be wearing something that would like throw you off, where if you got a direct look at him, you say, oh man, that guy looks just like Joe Biden. Yeah. But you wouldn't go with the aviators. You wouldn't go with the blue suit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, this is just some dude who knows he looks like Joe Biden and dresses up like him and goes out and or he's just some dude that dresses attention. up like an old man because old man dressed like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Look, there, there's no way that guy doesn't know that he looks like Joe Biden right now. Especially, he's wearing aviator sunglasses indoors. Okay, no, he's outdoors. Well, no, he's he's in the ins- well. It's one of those open air type places, but you know what I'm saying. He's. I will say this though. Hold on, I will say this. He's in a place where wearing the sunglasses does not. It's look not that too out of unreasonable, place. but you know. They're aviators, you know, in a ball cap. He's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Joe got out, you know. I think he realized they found his Coke. He's <laughs> like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here <laughs> before they pin this on me. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was hysterical. But, uh, yeah, if you, uh, you want to look it up, it says. Uh, it's in the show notes. It's in the show notes, or you can uh, search YouTube for spotted a Biden double. All right, um, next one on here is, uh, time we got, yeah, we got time. Um, House Republicans accidentally released a trove of damning COVID documents. And uh, this is real interesting. I actually took the time, uh, this is in The Intercept, by the way. Um, And I took the time to go through some of these documents. And yeah, sure as shit. This has to do with the um, proximal origin report. That was, uh, you know, given to Congress and also released in the uh, Journal of Nature. Okay, mm-hmm. and it is the emails going back and forth between the people who published this document. Okay, mm-hmm. and the the basic end result of this document, the conclusion of this document, was that uh, the origin of COVID was a natural event that happened at the Wuhan wet market. Okay. Mm-hmm. It turns out all the emails going back and forth were like, yeah, the most likely cause of this is a lab leak. Uh, The wet market theory, it really doesn't work because the genetic patterns are way too similar to what was going on. The the whole pangolin thing, there's absolutely no truth to that, even though they did put out, they alluded to it in the final study. 
And it shows that there was pressure from the NIH and from Fauci to change the complete narrative, even though the scientists working on it were saying, yeah, this, the, the highest probability here is a lab leak. Given all the data we have, the highest probability is a lab leak. And the end result is after this pressure came down in these back and forth emails, um, you know, pressure from quote unquote unhigh and that Tony is telling us to do it this way, Tony Fauci, yeah, um, that they ended up publishing a, a piece that said, yeah, it was a natural release from the wet market, you know, bat to human, all that stuff, right? And so this is just damning evidence of a cover-up of a lab leak. And it goes to show you that it was Fauci, it was the NIH, um, you know, that were the ones changing the actual narrative and forcing the scientists who published this report to change their conclusion. And the scientists went along with it. And, you know, for, for a long time, we've said that that's how the scientific community actually works. And that when you hear trust the science, know that even though those scientists may want to always report the truth, they are under tremendous political and financial pressure to report what those in power actually want them to report. And that's why, um, and, and this is the case here, and I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, but this is absolutely a cover-up. This is absolutely um, you know, a criminal act on behalf of the NIH and of uh, Anthony Fauci. Uh, but again, it probably won't go anywhere. But it is clear evidence that what we've been telling you for a long time on, on so many of these politically charged issues, anytime you have a highly politically charged scientific issue, whether that be COVID, whether that be climate change, no matter what it is, um, you are going to find that the people in power are pressuring the scientists both financially with grant money that, you know, the government pays for so much of this research and with depending on who's, you know, where those scientists work with pressure on their jobs, you know, just all kinds of pressure comes to bear to get them to come to the right political conclusion in their scientific endeavors. And this is just proof of it. And it accidentally got leaked <laughs> because when they converted a lot of these documents to a different format, they didn't realize that the underlying data was still attached to the documents. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's they kind of, they didn't mean, this This was not an intentional leak. This was just people not understanding how technology works. Well, and, and, and look, and the author of this one is from The Intercept, a guy by the name of, of Ryan Grimm, who actually, he used to be on The Hill Rising. He used to be one of the co-hosts on there. Now he's over in, in a different place, but he does a lot for The Intercept still. But this guy is a lefty, though. This guy is right. totally not a person that's a... a, a a right guy at all, even right. a little bit. Yeah. But it's the truth, though. But it's the truth, though. And right. the one thing that this guy is, even from his perspective, what he's committed to is to put out accurate information. Right. Right. You know, where he doesn't he, he still doesn't trust the government no matter who's in charge. Right. But and I, I think that's the, that's the key is that like, look, when one side's in charge and you don't trust them. You don't know if you're consistent until your people are in charge and you still don't trust them. Right, exactly. And he's one of these guys that where you have, you know, look, you have people that are some of the people from The Intercept and, you know, uh, Matt Taibbi and, and Glenn Greenwald and some people like that that are 
committed to the truth no matter where the truth leads them. Right. And I think that's, you know, that should be applauded more than anything else. Yeah. And uh, I, I haven't seen this picked up in any other uh, media uh, yet. So we'll see. Oh, they, they've gone the other way with it, though. They're, they're saying that the, 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 look, they're saying that they've been, the, the lab league's been disproven at this point. Almost. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. still going down that road. Again, it's, again, it's one of these things that changed happened. This change happened. In 2016, again, you want to put it on Trump, you can. If you want to put it on other things, you can do that, too. But what's really happened in 2016 is nobody admits anything anymore. Right. Like, everybody doubles down on it no matter what it is. Right. Like, nobody wants to admit that they were wrong or anything like that. They Everybody doubles down all the time. Yeah. And it's sad that you can't, you know, it, it stops everybody from having any kind of a reasonable conversation on things. It does. It does. All right. I want to move on real quick because we only got a couple minutes. I want to move on to one last thing that I found interesting this week. Unbelievably inspiring. My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve. Okay. Okay. That was Representative Eli, Eli Crane uh, using the term colored people on the uh, on the house floor okay it has nothing to do with color, mr speaker your skin, your, any of that stuff what we want to what we want to preserve and maintain is the fact that our military does not become a social experiment we want the best of the best we want to have standards that guide who who's in what unit what they do and i'm going to tell you guys right right now the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, colleagues on the other right, side I'm, I'm can understand here, what we're to have the words colored people stricken uh, from the record. Okay, I find that's it offensive Representative Joyce Beattie. And very inappropriate. Okay, so the, this, there was a huge, you know, uproar uh, that uh, this guy used the term colored people. Okay, now, here's what I don't understand. You can say... You can't say colored people, but you can say. But we need more. This. And uh, we need more people of color and the rest. And I take great pride that our. Okay. People of color is totally acceptable. Okay. And you can (laughs) you can say that, you know, uh, repeatedly. Now, the other thing I have a question is, how is it the NAACP can still use that name? National Association for the Advancement of Color People, Colored People. I just don't understand. And I get why it might be offensive, but why is colored people offensive and not people of color? I, I mean, I just I don't understand how the world works anymore. Why is it not offensive when the NAACP uses it? You know, can you give me any answer for that? And why is people of color okay? So you put the word of in there, you move the positions, and everything's fine. I just don't get it. I do not get it. <laughs> can, can you give me any rational explanation for it? I, this is a weird one. I, 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 it seems to me that saying colored people is the older term. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not the newer term, it's the older term. Yeah, it's so kind of like... So he went with an older term. Yeah. And again, but, I, I get the offensiveness. I mean, we'll, we'll have to continue talking about this on the other side. why but. isn't people of color offensive too? I, 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 I just don't get it. But uh, join us hour number two, uh, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We'll see you there.